Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And our podcasts are available wherever you like to get your podcasts. You can listen to this uh, when you have time to do so, and thanks for making some time for that. Have you ever made anything out of clay? It can be pretty fun. Um, some people are very good at it. They can make pottery and different types of bowls and things and vases, and they're really amazing at it. Um, I had an art class in school, grade school, I guess. We got to do some things with clay, and I discovered I was not good at it, but I could make a clay ball. So if you need a clay ball, I'm the guy to talk to for that. But clay's a, a lot of fun, even if a person's not real good at it. It's fun to make something with it and to shape it and reshape it and move it around. And as humans, we're made out of clay. <laughs> That's what we're made out of. We're actually made out of clay. We're made out of the ground. And we can see this in Genesis. Genesis 2, we have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, you could get it out. We could look at these together and uh, see some really interesting things about not only how we're made, but what God is trying to do with us today. It goes far beyond the physical realm. Genesis 2 and verse 7, it says, And the eternal God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man became alive physically, a physical creation. God made a, a mold shape. He made Adam, and then he breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. He made him come alive physically. And as humans, we are physical, right? We're just dust. We're made out of this dust, out of this clay. And when people die, that's what happens to their bodies. They return to dust. Genesis 3 talks about this. Genesis 3 and verse 19. This is after Adam sinned and Eve was involved with that. And they were put out of the Garden of Eden because they had rejected God. Genesis 3 and verse 19, it says, In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return unto the ground. For out of it were you taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. So there's God's sentence on man in terms of the physical creation. He said, well, look, you're made out of dust. You're going to return to dust. And as far as the physical realm goes, that's it. There's dust. We're dust, and then we return to dust. Now, there's great hope beyond that, of course, but in terms of just the physical body, that's what we are. We're clay. We're dust, and we return to dust. Notice this in Job. Job talks about this in Job 10. He understood this. He was going through quite a few trials. Uh, as you know, if you've read through the book of Job, and learning some valuable lessons. Job 10, in verse 9, he said, Remember, I beseech you, that you have made me as the clay, and will you bring me into dust again? So he was in some excruciating trials and thinking about his mortality, and he knew that. He said, I'm made out of clay, and he knew that he'd return to dust. 
the correspondence course. This is a free Bible course. And the full title is the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, and it's free at thetrumpet.com. If you don't have it, it's a great course to sign up for. And as mentioned, it's free, so please sign up for it. It says, What God created was a physical, fleshly man, there in the Garden of Eden, a mortal flesh and blood human being. Adam was a perfect physical specimen. He was the perfect clay model that God, the master potter, planned to mold and reshape spiritually into a perfect spiritual son of God. And so people today, in some cases, will make a lot of effort to uh, work on themselves. They'll really, really work hard to work on those clay bodies, get that body into better physical condition. And uh, the body can be reshaped in that way. And that's a really positive thing. If a person follows the health laws and they do that the right way, that's a good thing physically. But God's main concern is that we allow him to mold and reshape us spiritually. He wants us to be in good health, of course, but also to, to uh, be shaped spiritually by him. That's his ultimate goal because the body does return to dust again. The physical has a lifespan. It doesn't last too long, but God wants to open up his eternal family to mankind. And in order for that to happen, we have to be molded and shaped by God spiritually. Notice Isaiah 64 and verse 8. But now, O eternal, you are our father. We are the clay and you our potter. And we all are the work of your hand. So, again, that gives us perspective. God has to reshape us. He's our Father. We're clay. And we've got to be shaped by him spiritually. And we have a major part to play in that. We have to allow God to work with us. We have to have a teachable attitude, a childlike attitude, where we're able to be taught, we're able to be corrected, to change our mind if we're wrong. And, of course, we're going to be wrong on some things. And we have to think like God. Only God's perfect. So there's going to be correction. There's going to be change that's needed. But, again, God's reshaping us. He is our Father. We are the clay. And he's the potter. And he's working with us. Our attitude has to be right so that he can work with us. If we don't let God teach us and shape us, then notice what the attitude is like. This is Isaiah 29 and verse 16. It says, Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, He made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, He had no understanding? See, what a perfect example here or a teaching about the wrong attitude. How ridiculous would it be if you were sitting there working with some clay and you thought, well, I'm going to make a little pot here and you start making it and the, the clay starts talking to you and says, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't know what you're doing. Who are you to make me and shape me into a pot? I was happy just being a lumpy ball over there in the corner. Right? That's that would be ridiculous and horrifying if Clay began talking to you. But we get the point. We get the picture. It's silly. It's foolish. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous 
for the clay to talk back to the potter. It's a perfect illustration of an attitude that uh, won't let God work with it, which is an attitude we have to be very cautious about. We don't want anything to do with that, letting our attitude become like that. And if it is like that, then we want to repent and change. We don't want to be the, the clay talking back to the potter. We read in Isaiah 64 and verse 8, we are the clay, God is the potter, right? So we don't want to have an attitude like is described here in Isaiah 29. And, you know, there are times in life when we don't understand what God is doing exactly with us. We think, well, what, I don't understand what <laughs> the, the correction is leading me towards or, you know, what this situation is all about. There's just moments like that. But we have to remember what we read here in Isaiah 29 and Isaiah 64, that we can't have this attitude where we question God. We say, well, what are you doing? Now, we can ask a good question and try to learn and understand something. That's a different attitude. It's good to do that. But to have this defiant attitude, uh, this incredulous attitude, not letting God work with us, resisting him, see, that's a problem. And that's like clay talking back to the potter and saying, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to make me or to shape me. That's the way a person is if they won't let God work with them and help them. So at times where maybe there is a a question or something we don't understand, we have to make sure that we have the right attitude about it and, and go to God in the right way. And then he'll work with us. But if the attitude is one that resists God and resists his instruction and his correction, then it's simply being clay talking back to the potter. And that's not a good condition to be in. Notice this passage here in Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18, and here we see that that God's not just concerned with individuals, but with the nation of Israel, modern Israel, and the whole world ultimately. But he's addressing Israel here. This is Jeremiah 18 and verse 6. This is, O house of Israel. And uh, that's a lot of nations, the Western nations today. And if you don't know who those are, we have a free book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy. You can order that or read it online at thetrumpet.com. It'll give you the identity of those nations. But it says, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, says the Eternal? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. So that's something that the leaders of Israel should take note of. I mean, certainly God will allow things, and but ultimately, he's in charge, and he'll allow some things and prevent some things, and it's going to all end up as he plans and as he wills. Now people have their decisions, and they can make bad decisions. Leadership can make bad decisions. The people can make bad decisions, and they'll have to, you know... Uh, be dealt with accordingly by God, but ultimately God's plan will stand, and he's just telling the nations of Israel, you know, you need to let me direct you, let me guide you, let me shape you. And so God is in full control. And again, he'll allow certain things. And we know from Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4 that Satan is the God of this world, but still, God gives only a certain latitude there for actions. He still controls things ultimately. 
and will remove Satan. And so we understand that ultimately God's plan will be fulfilled. It will succeed. And he will be able to use Israel very powerfully in the world tomorrow. That's after Christ returns. But even today, why don't they just let them (laughs) shape them, right? Well, the nations don't appear to be doing that. But individually, we have to make those choices. Will we let God shape us? Will we let him mold us and move us according to his will? Or will we resist that and fight that? See, God does want to mold each of us spiritually. And those that he's called today, he's working with. And those that will be called in the future, he'll work with them then. But ultimately, he wants to bring as many as possible into his family. And that will be most people, which is a wonderful future that's in store. And he's going to mold all of Israel. And he's going to mold the whole world into his thinking so that there's the peace and the joy and the happiness that everybody wants. You know, that's sort of the age-old question. Well, why can't we have long-lasting peace? Why can't we have long-lasting prosperity? Well, we've got to think like God. We've got to follow God's laws. There are laws that create peace. There are laws that create prosperity. And those are God's laws. We have to think like him. And he's going to mold us. And we have to be able to really allow that. But as we see noted here in Jeremiah and in Isaiah, most people resist the potter. They resist the potter. They don't want to let God mold and shape them. They are the clay that talks back to the potter. And we don't want to have that attitude at all. We want to be letting God work with us and not resisting him. Notice Isaiah 45 and verse 9. Isaiah 45 and verse 9. It says, Woe unto him that strives with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashions it, What makes you? Or your work? He has no hands. (laughs) Right? There's a warning here. If our attitude is one of striving with our maker, not letting God mold us and fashion us and make us in his the way that he wants in his character, then woe is pronounced. Now, that's dangerous. You know, woe be it to that person because there's going to be a lot of problems until they learn to let God shape them. Notice what Mr. Armstrong wrote. Herbert W. Armstrong wrote this in The Incredible Human Potential. That's a free book. That's at thetrumpet.com. It's essential reading. And if you haven't read it or haven't read it in a while, it's great to read that. And it's free at thetrumpet.com. But he says, the human man is made literally from clay. And we looked at that in Genesis and in Job. He says, God is like the master potter, forming and shaping a vessel out of clay. But if the clay is too hard, it will not bend into the form and shape he wants. If it is too soft and moist, it lacks firmness to stay put where the potter bends it. So again, clay is such a great picture because... If it, like he wrote there, if it's too hard, he can't do anything with it, it breaks. And if it's too uh, soft, then it just falls apart. It doesn't retain its shape. See, those are two sides of uh, an attitude issue there. Some people resist God by um, being stiff-necked and fighting against him, and others just are so passive they're not going to maybe fight back against God's directions, but they're also not really going to do them. 
and just too weak. Further on, Mr. Armstrong writes, Yet God has given each of us a mind of his own. If one refuses to acknowledge God or God's ways, refuses to repent of the wrong and turn to the right, God cannot take him and create godly character in him. But the human clay must be pliable, must yield willingly. If the human stiffens up and resists, he is like clay that is too dry and stiff. The potter can do nothing with it. It will not give and bend, and also if he is so lacking in will, purpose and determination that he won't stay put when God molds him partly into what God wants him to be, to wishy-washy, weak, lacking root of character, he will never endure to the end. He will lose out. We are in truth the work of his hands. Yet we ourselves must do our part in this spiritual development if we lazily neglect Bible study and prayer, or if we let other material interests become more important and we neglect such great salvation, we lose out. You know, some really powerful words there from one of God's apostles. Very powerful. The very fact that God made us out of clay physically means we're susceptible to change physically. I mean, we can't help it. (laughs) We get older. We do change. We change from a baby to a child to an adult. You know, if you look at family pictures and you see somebody's life in pictures, it's interesting. Baby and child and adult, and they change and they look different, obviously. And that's something we're very aware of. People try to slow that down maybe, but uh, it always goes that way. There's change there, but we need to change spiritually. God wants to give us his Holy Spirit so that we can begin to think and act like he does. He had that in mind from the beginning of man's creation. Notice Genesis 1. We'll look here uh, one last scripture back where we began in Genesis. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. It says, And God said, Let us, that's the God, God who became the Father and the Word, at that time, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So much uh, packed into that. But God made us in his likeness physically, and now he wants to make us in his image spiritually. God will continue to shape and mold us spiritually as we allow it. And so remember, we can't have an attitude of resisting God in how he's trying to shape us, but we also can't be too wishy-washy and too lazy where we just don't do anything. We have to have the determination to really draw close to God so that we're empowered to stay where he puts us. We can't be too resistant, but at the same time, we can't be wishy-washy. There has to be that right balance, that right mix of clay, (laughs) and in this case, the the right thinking and the right attitude. There's a lot of depth to this, and you can learn a lot more about this topic by signing up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. That's free at thetrumpet.com. And also, the book that we quoted from today, The Incredible Human Potential, very inspiring and hope-filled book and a lot of 
just really great instruction in there about how to let God work with us and develop us and develop his character within us. The incredible human potential, that's free also at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.